Welcome to C-Suite Radio. The Open Mic Podcast is brought to you by the Cheap Seat Entertainment Network. Holy heartbeat! Welcome to another episode of the Open Mic Podcast. Excellent! With your host, Brad Allen. Well, isn't that extra special? Recorded live at Bay Area Studios. Join Brett each week as he interviews celebrities, influencers, authors, high-level entrepreneurs, and much more. At the open mic, no topic is off limits. Giddy up. And you never know who may stop by. Now, here's your host, Brett Allen. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a fresh edition of the podcast. On the show today, we have Courtney Ruppert. She is an influencer, she is an entrepreneur, and she does a lot of different things. And I am excited for you to check this interview out. We recorded this a while ago, and something happened, and it wound up getting lost in the archives. I'm not sure exactly what happened, so we wanted to release it and make sure that it makes it out to the masses, to the thousands and thousands of you who listen to the show. Thank you so much. In any case, I don't really have much to say today. It's just been a scorcher of a day. Got a lot done working on the business, Cheap Seat Entertainment, and we are bringing on our first client. And of course, we'll have him on the show once everything is signed and completed. But I digress. This is a fun interview. Courtney Ruppert is the best. Courtney, welcome into the show. It's great to have you here today. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited. Courtney Ruppert is here with us. Big star and celebrity. We were just talking off tape a little bit about you know, having conversations with people and just getting to know other folks. And, and Courtney is fantastic. And I'm excited for you listeners to get a glimpse into her world today and just get to know her. She does a lot. You, If you're even on Instagram or Facebook, Google her name, her picture shows up and, and everybody I think knows who you are. But you're also a lot more than that. You're also a mom. So you kind of have mm-hmm. two different worlds going on. How do you balance all of it? How do you make it all work? Because I can't imagine it's that easy. With a lot of faith. <laughs> um, well, you know, I've prioritized my life pretty much being around a mother and anything outside of that, you know, being a mom will come after that. And it just kind of made sense for me to also become extremely motivated that when it was time for me to to get work done or to figure out what I needed to do, it made that drive and desire to do it the best way possible. And so, you know, I just would go to bed exhausted, wake up tired, and it's still like, you know, I had that energy throughout the day to just keep going to just figure it out. You know, I didn't, I don't have family out here. Um, You know, I'm pretty much solo by myself. And when you're doing it 100% on your own, it becomes very overwhelming and stressful. And you have your bad days and you just have to take those in with the good and figure out a way to make it easier Mm -hmm. um, for the next day. You know, that's kind of just been my way of life because I've had a lot of moments where you you pretty much almost like just break down and cry and you want to know like, and why like why is it this way you know what do I need to do to to get it back on track to where I I want to be happy all the time for my child for myself or anybody around me or whatever mm-hmm. and you know you just again I just leave it up to face and I just let things unfold how they're meant to whether or not if I'm comfortable in it or, or if it's you know smooth sailing but the problem for me wasn't 
like the change. It was allowing myself to change with that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was, I could understand why things would happen, but then to digest it and to process it, that was a different story. So that took me a while to just understand why I feel like I'm stuck in my life in one part, but I'm extremely best less in another at the same time. It was a real battle for me to understand that process. So I think for me now, I'm able to look back and I still deal with that today. That I think being a parent in general, it, when you become a mom, that never goes away. That's why I 100% will always prioritize everything else outside of that because that's my love. That's, you know, my purpose to have a great life here and to prepare the world to be a better one for my son. Yeah. Why I feel like I now have that purpose. And it's motivating for you, obviously, like you mentioned, because you are creating a life for him and something that's positive because I think, you know, I I can relate as a dad. My son is five, soon to be five. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you get it. You know that raising a toddler can be tough. It's not easy. And I I do this and I have, I guess what you consider, you know, a corporate job. So I don't, it's, it's slightly different, well, majorly different from what you do. But does he, does your son understand what mom does? Does it make sense to him? Or have you done extra work to guard him from all of that and just, he knows that mommy has a job and she works and she does all this and you just keep all of that at bay until he's old enough to, to completely understand how hard his mom actually works. To paint what I kind of have in my daily life, my son knows, I think, an, an idea of what I do, but maybe just as good as I know as what I do. Sure. <laughs> but what I, how I want to break it down to you is like growing up, for him, he saw me on the phone all the time. He saw me um, have all these conversations with a, a horizontal object. So from him in the very beginning, he was almost like copying and, and mimicking what I was doing. And he would always talk on like Legos or blocks or whatever. And he would always like, that was like his way of first thing he knows, knew or learned about human interaction. And I really felt sad about that because I'm like, wow, I am literally a slave to electronics and society and social media I mean this is that's my job my career and here this is now what my son is seeing firsthand when it should be more of adult to adult or a human to human you know interaction um Mm -hmm. and it just made me really realize it's a shame because I'm doing all this for him and so that was something that I think took me a little while to kind of maneuver and work with and so you know um there's been a you know, quite a few people that have been in my life that he's known where we've had, you know, interaction. And then obviously he's in school. So it's great that he's able to have all that good interaction around his age. And then also his teachers and aides and all the other, you know, adults that are there. And then he also has that relationship to build with me. Um, so it's, it's been a challenging, I think, adjustment for me, because I'm more understanding and aware of no one say the consequences, but of the actions that I'm doing, I understand like what is going to contribute to him and his mind. But I don't think he, I think he understands what he's doing, but I don't think he understands the whole picture because he hasn't grown 
to understand any of that yet. So that's mm-hmm. why I was saying he probably understands just as much as I really do what's going on <laughs> in the moment. Because again, I'm almost like always overwhelmed with trying to find that. And I think that's where my biggest platform has been with trying to put that out there in my social media world, because people, again, see the good things of social media or my work stuff, because social media is my job. I'm not really going to post a lot of behind the scenes or personal stuff or really do a lot of venting on that. It's, It's more of, you know, getting a great audience and then obviously bringing value to companies and to my audience as well to help, you know, kind of be that uh, middleman type of person. Uh, that's really kind of how I view an influencer and kind of what I do and, and what my goals are. I'm not really out on social media to, to get fame. It's more of like change in my eyes because I've been through probably every horrible situation and felt probably every horrible emotion, but I've also been able to feel the exact opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And that's where I try and teach my son the importance of doing the right thing or, you know, treating people the right way or having empathy and just all these things that I'm already aware of. I want him to learn at a very young age. So I think that's really what has been the huge adjustment is teaching a new human new things. For wow. Wow. Every, to make everything easier for everybody, you know, including myself, mm-hmm. who was the problematic child. No parent asked for that. No, no. no. Asked for an angel baby. You know, <laughs> always, always the favorite child is the one that complies the most with the parents, sure. not the one that rebels, you know? Yeah. So I yeah. was always the rebellious one. I was always like, no, I'm not going to take that answer. I want to, I want to find that answer for myself. And now here I am teaching my son these answers. And I'm sure he's now again at that point where he's five, where he wants to discover new things. He wants to figure out his own way. And that's where that tension arises. So that's also been now at that new age where they're becoming more aware of their environment. It was, it was easier in a lot of ways when he was a baby and then it got hard and then it gets easier because then you have that adjustment of the baby to toddler years. That's, that's the real crazy zone, right? Yeah. Oh goodness. Like around, you know, well, you know, cause you have a five-year-old. So the once you pass that three after that three and a half, like almost four year mark, then it seems like you're (laughs) able to communicate a lot better with them. And then things are easier in a lot of other ways, but then they're harder because now you're, you're learning about their personality. Oh goodness. Yes. And they want to do everything themselves too. And they don't yes. want any help. And that's the battle you have to, and you know that they're doing it wrong and you want to teach them the right way, but then they don't, they're stubborn. They don't want to learn. And then you, you waste five minutes when you, in your adult mind think, oh my God, it could have been out the door <laughs> by now, blah, 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 you know, and it frustrates you. But it, as a, an, a parent, it also teaches you to just slow down for a moment and, mm-hmm. you know, but then it's also hard when you have a high demanding job, especially what, with me being a single mom and not having a, dependent, you know, spouse to provide, you know, whatever. And then on top of that, you know, you can add, uh, I was one of the victims that lost their homes in the fires in November. So you add that into the mix and you're bound to have a lot of problems that I wouldn't say problems, but just more added stress to balance, you know, and and that's kind of what I've been battling with up until, you know, I mean, still right now to this day, I have, I'm in disputes and, you know, everything lawsuits with, uh, insurance companies with FEMA, you know, all these, you know, businesses or corporations of help quote unquote, that 
you know, these people provide. And, and, and when you go through something very traumatic like that, and you ha- are a single parent, and you go through things, it's, it's, it's almost too much to bear. And you just you just have to have a good cry if you need to, because I did plenty sure. of that around that time. And, but I also felt that when that happened, I felt like I was reborn around that same mm-hmm. time, because I felt like I had hit my lowest of lows, all my possessions, majority of them, I would say 98% of all all things I lost of mine. How do you explain that to your child too? Unaware of what's going on, but they know that there's a shift in the schedule and that throws them off. So then it's even more of a higher stress environment. And as a parent, you know, it it, it affected me so bad that I ended up developing esophagus ulcers. Um, and I wasn't, it, it was like really detrimental to my health. So then it was affecting my son getting to school it was affecting just my day-to-day routine and you know you then you go into this downward spiral of bad days bad days lead to bad weeks and then you all about it you're you feel like you're clinically depressed but Mm -hmm. you know that you're not depressed it's just what's going on around you and you're trying to do your best but then when you have this high stress environment with being that trying to be that rock for your child, it, it just becomes a lot. And then I'm, you know, trying to balance my career and the high demands of that. And then mm-hmm. just having a job where it's not, you know, a nine to five, or, you know, you're going to get a paycheck every Friday that can also add to being nerve wracking. And oh, so anyways, I can't even imagine. Whole, yeah. So that whole fire thing was just kind of like the icing on the cake. It was kind of like things just all fell apart. But then there was like some really positive outcomes that came with that and it allowed me to almost like it was like it almost like planted the roots of what was I'm about to grow and now I've come out of that the ground's been shaken but it's also now settled and my roots are now you know spread in and growing and I'm getting stronger and stronger and stronger and I'm coming up to this point now in my life where I'm comfortable with sharing my good bad ugly broke rich, you know, happiness, depression, heart, love, heartbreak. I'm ready to talk about it because I've been quiet for a very long time mm-hmm. in a way where I didn't know anyone wanted to listen. And when I started to open myself up a, a little bit more in March, more February, March time, and I can tell you a little bit more about it if you want. I can get it. Yeah, absolutely. I, with that. Yeah, of course. But I, I went to this women's business conference and it was, um, created by Emily Fursella, who is the CEO of First Form, but also her husband is the CEO. And so she's like this powerhouse female and she's just this beautiful, like bombshell blonde. And she has this beautiful sporty side to her. And it was just like, wow, she's so down to earth. And she reminded me of a lot of someone I would like to have, like as a sister or like a best friend or someone I knew that I, and having a friendship with her, it would reflect well, and I would want to be my best around her. That's how amazing and beautiful she is. She wants, I feel like a lot of people want to be their best around her. And so it really helped me kind of come out of my shell a little. So I ended up going to one of her events that she um, was having, and it was an intimate 30 business women um, who wanted to grow and just kind of like, you know, connect in a way where there's so many different ways that we all could, you know, help each other. And it was just one of those events where I knew I wanted to be part of and I got my ticket right away. And I went there and it was life changing. And I literally like filled my guts. And I just told everyone like what I went through. And 
Uh, it was the most scary thing in the world that I ever did because I just held everything that I had that happened to me inside. And I don't think a lot of people, that's what you're trying to get at today as far as there's more to her than just her Instagram page. And you're damn right there is. And, and I think oh, that's yeah. what I've held back. So when I spoke and I did it in front of all these girls, I felt instantly shamed. I felt, oh my God, I said the wrong things. Oh my God, they're going to judge me. And it was the quite opposite. Like everyone like clapped, like they were just like blown away. They could not believe the amount of suffering and trauma and all the stuff that I went through. And in such a short time in the past, you know, eight, nine years, even probably up to my early childhood, if I would have really got into it, really kind of like opened me up. And I just felt this like sense of obviously at first, you know, disgusted myself, but then all the women and that came up to me after and said, Oh my God, I really want to talk to you about this. So, and so like you hit a chord with me. I went through something similar. I mean, it was just like, everybody wanted to give me a hug. And I think that was something I needed for healing. And I left that experience just so life changed. And prior to that weekend, I was at the Tony Robbins event. You know, I get an invite from, you know, Tony inviting me to get a comp ticket and I could bring one of uh, someone who, you know, is part of my nonprofit. So he was looking at it where he had saw my profile that, you know, I was doing all these things. And I was at the time when I first started it. So I was very enthusiastic about it. And then I just, you know, I, I had gotten that message from him and, and I was actually someone that always listened and, you know, mm-hmm. really took in to heart what he would always have to say because he really made sense in a lot of ways, but I liked his, his approach and his method and he's a, a strategic man. So, you know, you have to be very brilliant to be super strategic the way he was, but he was just so brilliantly well-spoken that I really could really absorb everything that he had to say. So anyways, it was really amazing to, to have that happen to me. And I, again, I've had so many crazy, amazing things happen, um, but that's one a most probably memorable thing I will talk about for the rest of my life is, is those two weekends I had back to back in March where it was a Tony Robbins event um, for Unleash Your Power Within. And then it was the following weekend, Women's Business Conference with Emily Frisella. And so mm-hmm. I left those two meetings with so much knowledge, so much, so much experience, so much love, so much growth that it then got me at a point at the end of March where I was, you know, I wanted I just knew there had to be a lot of change in my life. I knew there was, there had to be a lot of things that I needed to do for myself and for my son. If I was going to take everything that I learned those past weekends to heart and really put it into work. So wow. I just lined all of that up for me. Yeah. I lined it all up. I, I started, you know, pretty much putting the green light into all these projects that I had put on hold. And, uh, cause my new in November, like in October, November, I was feeling really good. I had just dropped my calendar and, and it was really you know, great momentum that I was having and, and then boom, all that happened. So it delayed and pu- pushed back a lot of things. So plus I'm a spring baby. I always blossom. Uh, hence why I was saying, you know, my roots have now been planted because I'm growing now into this beautiful woman that has gone through so much in her life. But now I have this amazing platform where I can help share and bring some insight and some conversations and talks that a lot of people aren't doing online. Essentially, you know, anybody can Google you and your your picture pops up everywhere. 
how do you and, and you do the influencing and you do the the uh you know there's the modeling and then there's all these other amazing things how do you manage your content so far as like what you do and get paid for versus like what somebody i don't want to say steal but like repurposes <laughs> i guess if that question makes sense you probably get paid no matter what you're doing, whether you're influencing a product or you're doing this or that or the other, you get paid individually. But then there's all kinds of other things out there that you've done that you maybe didn't get paid for or you might get paid for. Yes. So I I break it down to how it makes me feel. And I really take into all accounts what a job is going to basically what I can provide first for a job or an opportunity or a brand or a product or even a person. What can I bring them that's going to make their situation easier where they're going to then reciprocate excitement and joy and that also eagerness to um, know what I want as well. So once I find that in certain um, situations, I work with that brand or that company and we figure out you know what's best and normally I will give it like the seal of approval if it gets to my agent it means I approve the deal and work on this for me if it stops with if it doesn't get to him and it it stops with me it it, then it's there's there's no other way to go around that I am my own boss when it comes to my social media and my platform and all of that and I then have to also take in consideration, yes, I am my own boss, but it is also a very competitive world of what I'm in because there are a lot of uh, factors that go into social media and what I do for work based on, well, certain brands might care more about how a model looks more than what their Instagram looks or their following count or whatever. They may really like who they are and their platform. And they're like, you know what, we're willing to take her over that because She's more brand um, attainable for what we want versus someone else who may be great for their company on a numbers side, but may not be their strongest pick for, you know, representing the brand. So Mm -hmm. there is a lot of different situations where, again, we have to figure that out. And I don't like doing that because a lot of times when brands or companies or uh, you, when you start representing yourself, you, it makes you look like you're a semi amateur or you're not that experienced to where someone would, does want to take their time and represent you. You make sure that you are getting what is important to you, whether it's monetarily or whatever. And then whatever happens from there is out of your control. So, oh yeah. And yeah, you you just reminded me what else I wanted to say. I knew I wanted to mention something else, but yeah. So it's not only about the company and the value that I can bring to them, but it's also like how well is this going to reciprocate with my audience, with my following, with my fans and everything like that. Like, so I'm very brand um, censored to where if it's something that I'm not, it it would be really out of like, like, okay, for instance, I'm not going to promote dog food. I don't own a dog. So if a dog company is going to say, oh, well, you know, I'll pay you X amount, you know, just to, you know, do product placement, just take a photo with the product. And how am I going to sell that? How are my fans going to be like, oh my God, I got to get this, this, these dog treats because Courtney's (laughs) saying it, but she doesn't own a dog, but she's getting, you know, she's obviously getting paid for that. No. So 
again, there's a lot of things where it's not for me or even my audience. So if I can't bring value to a brand, I sure as hell can't bring up value to my audience that's following me. And that's my whole, that's, that's my purpose. You know, you, they're there. I'm addicted to my social media, but it's also turned into my job. So that's why I'm also, I'm, I'm very protective of what I do and how I handle things. And, and again, that's also about even people in my life. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that will say, oh, hey, I got a job for you or, oh, hey, I'm going to hire you for this. And then they like are people that you think want to really hire you, but then you realize they're just trying to date you or ask you out or hit on you or ask you like personal questions like, what the hell this is about business? And I deal with that a lot. So I really realized too, or even just my, a lot of my following as well, they'll, you know, try and ask me out online or, you know, ask me personal things. And it's so inappropriate that I've now hired people to kind of manage all of my messages before I even receive them. And, and if it's all work business and there's like some awesome like fan mail or, you know, whatever it is that I would find pleasant to respond to, they let me know. And then I follow up. I don't even now bother with watching or reading any of the negative stuff it's all processed now through people that I trust that I pay very well because I'm at that point in my career I need to now focus on creating content and it's not about managing a network and I also now have a paid platform where I personally do manage 100% and that's my patron where I have you know people to you know subscribe and they can pay a monthly amount where they're supporting me in my career and the content I create, but then they're also getting the exclusivity with me as well, which is something that's very hard to attain on my regular social media pages. Because again, I use that for work purposes. That's brand, you know, collaborations and giving my fans and following things and tips and tools and value again to I want to bring, why are you following me? I'm not going to be posting sexy photos every day. Like that's not what I'm about. That's <laughs> I'm 33. I'm kind of, I've thrown out of that. I'm kind of like, eh, I'm good. People know I got some TNA. We're good. Because now that I'm getting older and my son's getting older, I've now realized, oh my God, I need to start doing things that are going to make other people happy, which is what I know we're going to, you know, walk into. And I, I'll just make the introduction. I created then my nonprofit, you know, I bought my 501c3 last year and it took me a while to figure out what I was even going to call it and I'm like oh my god just made it your name because what are you what is your purpose here and that's to be me Courtney Ruppert and my purpose is to have the ability to help other people go through life easier in difficult situations because of all the crazy difficult issues and you know challenges that I went through being a pretty girl where I was then torn down by being a pretty girl and I deserved it because I was a pretty girl because I had posted sexy photos so I deserved to be stalked I deserved to have over 400 death threats then I went down a downward spiral of numbing my pain with alcohol and drinking then almost contemplating suicide then getting a DUI hitting basically the bottom of sounds cliche the bottle and you realize oh my god I need to wake up and then you are battling depression and feel Mm -hmm. like really sad thoughts and shame all this that you're going through and then you have to be a woman and, and all of that and you feel like you can't justify your emotions and your feelings because you're oh you're get over it you know it's what's in the past happened like whatever and then you 
have a hard time opening up your life and making relationships so everything else in your life suffers and then you some make bad choices and I rushed a relationship where then I was getting cheated on when I was pregnant you know it's just like then one thing after another some terrible things happened but then I had a beautiful child and then that was the moment when I realized now is my purpose. I think you do a great job and I feel like that you're doing the best that you can and, and you are very inspiring you know, I think you're setting a standard for the industry that needs to come. How can how can people find out about you? That's the biggest question. Uh, the ways to get in contact with you. I know you have a lot of ways that you connect with your fans, Courtney. Well, yeah. So my main platform for, you know, really connecting to me is my patron because I 100% manage that. No one else has access to that because it's such a more, you know, uh, intimate platform that I have that with my fans because you know, I pretty much share a lot of life situations and, you know, people just really get to know me and you see my lives and it's just really cool. It's like, I'm talking to you like a real friend and, and literally they all are like my real friends where I know, like I have this, these people, these souls that really do care about my well being and my happiness and all that. So like they support and my purpose, that's really my biggest platform. And then everything else that I have is all under, you know, Courtney Ripper and everything is verified. But, you know, I do have pretty much management handling, you know, the messages. So it's it more than likely won't get filtered to me, but it could it when I'm on it once in a while and kind of like do a little checkup and stuff. I always respond to especially women if they have advice or um, they want to, you know, compliment me on something. It's it's always well received on my end. Um, but anything else, you know, I use a lot for work. My social media is mostly for work and stuff. So, absolutely. Well, thank you, Courtney, for taking time to to meet with me today. I know you keep a tight schedule, and you're a mom, and you're doing so many different things. But it has been an absolute pleasure to to chat with you today. Thank you again so much. Thank you. Have a wonderful day yourself. That brings today's episode to an end. Thanks for choosing to stop by and listen. If you enjoyed the show, consider sharing it with a friend and hitting the subscribe button. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. Until next time, cheers. Today's episode of the Open Mic Podcast is brought to you by Cheap Seat Entertainment.